Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Thank you so much for joining me. This is the podcast God's Holy Word. I'm your lovely host Leslie Sullivan. Today is episode 64, and today we're going to take a look at Psalm 96 verses 1 through 3, and I'm going to be reading from the NRSV version. But first of all, let me give a big shout out to my listeners because as usual, you guys are awesome. So a big shout out to California, Oklahoma, Michigan, Tennessee, Texas, Connecticut and Nebraska in terms of countries the United States and Brazil. Okay, so I want to do a little bit of housekeeping because it's been a little bit since I've done a podcast for this. So I want to talk about how to be pure and how to have the proper viewpoint of purity. Now, the reason why this came up is because I saw a really good message being taught by Pastor Robert Morse and he is the lead pastor or the senior pastor at Gateway Church in Texas and his message was passing the purity test. And it's a really great message and I put on YouTube, you know, excellent message. I just wish more was taught about sexual purity being applied to both men and women equally. And I mentioned some other things there, and this guy wrote back on there. I can't remember his name. It, it could be a fake name. Who knows? Um, but basically, this guy said that the reason why men are not virginal—he used that word, which was weird to me. The reason why men are not virginal is because women are not attracted to it, and that women. have more control over that than men is basically what he was saying and like my mouth just dropped when I read this and I didn't even reply back cuz there's so many things I wanted to say but I was like I don't have time for someone that yet again is putting all the pressure on women so I want to talk about this for a moment there is a tremendous amount of pressure being put on women and I don't think this is anything new but I think it has tremendously intensified in the United States and in Europe and the the pressure is on women to be pure but not men. So, you know, let me put it this way. Men will sow their oats as they say, sleep around before marriage, but when they actually want to get married, typically they don't want to marry one of the women that they had sex with already. they want to marry a virgin. They don't want someone that has already been sexually active like them. They don't want someone that has slept around and and sowed their oats because unfortunately there's this false thinking that men can sow their oats but women cannot. You know, chastity applies to both sexes equally. So that's both men and women. But unfortunately, What is really sickening to me and I've noticed this in the dating world is that in dating women are pressured to have sex with men like all the time. All the time. It's ridiculous. Then when a guy is trying to find a wife, you know, the pressure is on for her to be a virgin. So it's like women are being you know, we're, we're being used on both fronts. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Both types of thinking are completely incorrect and not God's way. They're not holy. So if you're just using someone because they've never had sex before and that's what you want in a wife, you're not marrying that woman for the right reason. See, cuz there's a thing. If women if women had the same mindset as men, no one would ever get married. Nobody ever would. But see here's the thing, you know, our world says, "Oh, you can have sex with whoever you want, whenever you want, however you want." But you see that mindset in the world has slowly infiltrated into the church and has convinced people, "Oh, you can have sex all you want before you get married and you need to sow your oats while you're young so that way you won't cheat on your spouse when you get married." What's well, actually just the opposite. I've noticed that the more people sleep around before marriage, the more likely they are to commit adultery when they do get married, and that applies to both men and women. Cuz women can be just as skanky as men. But here's the thing, 
Whenever I go out with a guy and we start getting serious about stuff, you know, getting serious about dating and things like that, I am not attracted to someone that's been that has been sleeping around. I find that to be gross. I'm actually more attracted to guys that don't sleep around because that tells me they value their body. My point on my YouTube comment was purity and chastity is the responsibility of both men and women. It's equal because there is equality. And this idiot guy said, you know, th- there is no equality in the Bible. I'm like, wow, he totally missed the mark. Because men and women, we were created equally in the eyes of God. It was mankind that pushed women down to like second or third citizenship status. But that was not God's intention. That was not his divine plan. That's what mankind did. And here's the thing, not all women were viewed as subservient. There are quite a few queens that ruled different kingdoms and nations on this planet, even going back to biblical times. So needless to say, it's very important that people understand, and this is for both men and women that your body is very important. Whether you're a male or female, that is the temple of God. Do not degrade it, do not devalue it, do not follow the ways of the world. It will always lead to harm, ruin, sin, heartache and shame. It always will. See cuz if I follow the the common mindset of some Christians, They basically give men permission to do whatever they want whenever they want especially before they're married. But that doesn't apply to women. Then you have the extreme view that oh women should just be completely subservient to their husbands even if he beats her. Well guess what? All of those views are wrong because it goes against God's holy word. And see here's the thing. Chastity is very important to God. You know, God made us to procreate. He did. Sex is a blessing to us. And unfortunately, the church doesn't talk about that because especially in the United States for some reason, people still try and act like prudes and I'm like, "Really? Considering how how the pornography business is like a billion dollar industry, these people are going to act like prudes when talking about sex? Come on. Like grow up." like like stop pretending to be pure it it just irritates me when people do that see cuz here's the thing would you rather say what god says about sex and raise your children up in a good holy manner and say hey sex is for men and women when they're married but it's like parents don't have the sex talk anymore with their kids because a lot of parents are not taking their children to church So then the only sex education they're getting is how to have sex and how to get caught um or how to not get caught being pregnant and how to avoid getting a sexually transmitted disease and then they can get free condoms in high school. See, that's the world's solution to throwing away your chastity at a young age. And see here's the thing. Another thing I don't agree with is whenever whenever people have sons, their sons can stay out super late at night as as teenagers. But girls, oh, they've got to be in by eight or nine o'clock. I'm like, really? Well, why is that? Well, they could get into trouble, and you know, you know, we don't want them having sex. So I'm like, oh, so it's okay for your son to get in trouble and for him to be sexually promiscuous? Like that that just floors parents. I'm like if you have these great standards and rules for your daughters because you value their chastity, how come you are not teaching your sons that their chastity and the value of their body is just as important as a woman's? See, here's the thing. If you don't believe in equality, then you're not going to practice it. There's always going to be someone that's lesser than somebody else. 
And that's why, especially here in the Bible Belt states, it is very common, I can't stand this, it's very common for parents to be, be like helicopter parents on steroids when they have daughters, but yet the guys can just do whatever they want. Like, like for me, when I was a teeny bopper, it disgusted me how many guys had already had sex by the time they were 15 or 16 years old. They were just using these, these young girls for sex. And I'm like, so that's socially acceptable? And one of the reasons why, or the biggest reason why, guys prefer to have sex with virgins is because the odds of them getting a sexually transmitted disease are zero. So they're not even having sex with these virgin girls out of love. It's to use them and abuse their body for what they want and so they don't get caught with a sexually transmitted disease. Now think about this. Is anyone supposed to use their body like that? No. But unfortunately, the way that young men are being raised and they're being taught this stuff, they're being raised that it's socially acceptable to just do whatever you want, whenever you want, however you want, until you get married. Well, if they've been living a pretty wild life or sexually promiscuous life before they're married, what makes you think they're going to be loyal or true to their wives, or wife, I should say, because we don't believe in polygamy, What makes you think they're going to be loyal to their wife and what makes you think they're going to be a good role model for their children? And here's another thing. These guys that sleep around, you know, do you have any idea how many of them put pressure on their girlfriends to have abortions? It it's sick. So it's it's one of those things that I've noticed that that guys, you know, when they're having sex and they're not married, and they get a girl pregnant they they want they want the woman to get rid of the baby so that way they don't get caught being a dad because they don't want to be responsible but the only time they care to be a gentleman and to be responsible is when they're actually married but what sucks is because how do I describe this what hinders them being a good husband or a good father is all those years of sleeping around and all those years of getting rid of their babies their unborn children that affects a person you cannot run from that and you cannot hide from that and you cannot hide that from god so whenever people start shaming and blaming women for having abortions i'm like oh do you have any idea how many boyfriends or men put pressure on the on the woman to abort the child And also, if it's a young guy, like if he's in high school or in college, even his family members will put pressure on the girl to get an abortion. Because they only want a grandbaby if their precious son, who can do no wrong, is married when he, has, when he gets a woman knocked up or pregnant. They only want a, a grandchild if it comes from his wife. But if he has a girlfriend, oh, get rid of it. That's a baby. That's a child. The baby did nothing wrong. I mean, it's just really sad. So, you know, let me say this again. Sexual purity and chastity applies to both sexes equally. That is God's law. That's not my opinion. That's not my law. I don't personally have any laws because I follow God's law and then I follow the laws of the land, but here's the thing. If you have a problem with viewing chastity and purity in the correct light in that it is the equal responsibility of both sexes, then you have a serious issue in your heart that you need to address with God or more importantly, he needs to address with you. And I guarantee you God has been trying to help you with that for years, but you keep pushing him out and thinking, "No, no, our society says that men can do this, women cannot."
God calls all of us to purity and to chastity. He calls all of us to holiness. All of us. Anything sexual outside of marriage is not right. It is considered premarital sex. But our society in the states and in Europe says, "Oh, the uh the, the rules of God do not apply to young men because you know, they actually enjoy having sex. Women don't. So let's just let them do what they want." See, that's why you cannot follow the whims and the wilds of the world. See that that's how the world basically the false theology of the world will always lead you astray. And what's sad is whenever you have Christians writing back on comments on YouTube and you totally see the problem within the church. Even the Christian church still puts all the purity pressure on the woman when it is a equal responsibility. Like I knew in high school and in college, do not date guys that have slept around because they will say anything to get down your pants. They will say anything to get in bed with you, but the moment you do anything with them, they throw you away like a piece of garbage. That's not love. I mean, if I wanted to be used and thrown away like that, I could be a prostitute. But I don't care to be I don't care to be treated like that. because I know who I am in Christ Jesus. I am one of God's daughters and here's another thing. If men really believed and walked in the faith of Jesus Christ, they would know that all women are the daughters of Abraham. And you do not defile the daughters of Abraham. You do not try and get them to sleep with you outside of wedlock or before marriage. You do not rape them, you do not abuse them, you do not beat them, you do not cheat them out of money or property like just the basics, right? But you will be surprised how many men give themselves permission to do that. And some of these are young men. And I just want to be clear, I'm not I'm not a feminist per se. I believe in equality. but you know there is a great responsibility for both sexes to do what's right. It's not just the man and it's not just the woman. You know what's interesting is that the 10 commandments don't just apply to men. And they also don't just apply to women. They apply to both. So think about that. All of God's word applies to the entire human race. That is equality. That's not feminism, that's not liberalism, that's not progressivism, that's not being a socialist. It's God's law. It's how he intended it. We were created in his image. Women were not created subpar or subequal. Now let me say this in that same token, men and women, we were created equally in the eyes of God, but we have different roles. That's why we're opposites. That's how God created us so that we would need each other. See, you don't need what you already have. You need what you don't have. You desire what you don't have. You desire what you need to be fulfilled. That's why it's always or it's supposed to be one man, one woman. Not two men or two women in marriage. Marriage is only one man and one woman. That is the holy sacrament of marriage. What's interesting is that whenever people take anything out of the sacrament of marriage, it automatically degrades it. It defiles it, and that's why we have so many problems. That's why we have so many young people that don't know how to date. They don't understand that dating does not include sex. That's really sad. So it's like 
you know, there is this extreme pressure for girls to sleep with guys that they go on dates with. Because the guy expects it. Well, I took you to dinner and a movie. What are you going to give me? Um, how about my presence? How about a nice conversation? But men are not being taught how to be gentlemen. And this has been, this has been going on for a long time. See, this is what happens when you have unholiness in your society. And that is a big issue because if it is directly impacting everyday life, I would think that people would, would start to recognize it. But people are just kind of giving in. And that's not what it means to be a Christian. You know, how can we be the light of the world if we are embracing the darkness and everything that's in it? You know, God doesn't call us to be a shadow. We are called to be believers in Christ Jesus, and that's how we let our light shine. So chastity and purity are very important, and it is not, let me say this again, it is not the sole responsibility of women. And guys that don't sleep around, that is very sexy. That is very sexy to me because that shows me they're a gentleman. That shows me that, that, they, don't, that they don't target women and, you know, just to sleep with them. They actually want to find their soulmate. And see, here's another thing. I've learned over the years that whenever a guy sleeps around, he doesn't value his body. He doesn't value his purity and his chastity. So if a guy doesn't value his purity and his chastity, he's not going to value a woman's purity or chastity. Even if it is his wife. That is probably one of the biggest issues with these guys that sleep around. Even if they're just in a monogamous relationship, if you're sleeping with someone that's not your spouse, you need to stop immediately. It's not right. And also, you're wasting your time. It's just... You know, sin is probably, I should say is probably, it is the biggest thief. And that's what the devil is. He's a thief. See, what sin does, it tells you you can have what you really want, but outside of God's law, and it will be bigger and better, and you know, you, you'll really enjoy it because you won't have to deal with the consequences of, of God. Well, all of that is a lie straight out of the depths of hell. Because whatever the devil gets hold of, he degrades it and he destroys it. So recognize that sin will never help you. It will always hinder you. It will, it will never free you. It will only entrap you. That's why purity and chastity is the responsibility of both sexes. And please, please, raise your children appropriately. Don't wait for the public school to teach your kids about sex. Because all they're going to do is encourage them to have sex. And they're going to give them access on how to do, to do all that stuff. You know, the, the sex talk, it used to be between the parents and the children. But more and more people are just relying on the government to take over all this stuff. And then these, and then these parents wonder why. It's like they don't really know who, who their children are anymore. It's like, well, the reason why you don't know who your children are anymore is because you literally don't know who they are. Because you have been paying somebody else to raise them. Whether it's the school system or daycare or a nanny. Gee, if you're not the parent, you're not the parent. And unfortunately, we have a lot of parents that think that getting their kids involved in all these sporting clubs and events, 
That's parenting. It's not. Look at how many children lack social skills, but yet, but yet they have all these sporting events to go to. You know what? These parents have have done something really stupid. They have turned themselves into chauffeurs for their children. How degrading is that? When I have kids, my kids are only going to play one sport once a year. That's it. I am not going to bust my kids around. They are going to have to learn to be happy with what they have because that's how it used to be. That's how families used to be. Like you used to spend time as a family. It wasn't constant entertainment. It wasn't constant watching television. It wasn't constant being online. It wasn't constant um, being on your phone all the time. It wasn't constant having your kid being in soccer, basketball, baseball, softball, football. I mean, it wasn't like this constant you know, entertainment industry all the time. You know what has always bothered me? Whenever I go out to eat and I see a family eating, none of them are talking to each other. They are all on their phone or the parents are on their their iPhones or whatever and their kids all have like an iPad or something, but they're not talking to each other. How is that being a parent? It's not. It's not. And then these parents wonder why they don't really understand their children. or their parents or or their um or their kids you know they don't really treat their parents with respect because their parents have raised them oh you know i just i just let them know that i'm their friend you are not their friend you are not their friend they have friends at school you are either a mother or a father and you have authority over your children and i'm not saying you be a dictator because i hate that that's going to use a bad word i hate that stuff but there needs to be a clear distinction that you are the parent and your children are the children see cuz if there's not a clear distinction how do i word this if there's not a clear dis- distinction then how do you expect to teach your children discipline and how how do your children have a chance of growing up to be normal adults If they don't understand authority, they don't respect it. And they don't understand rules. And again, that doesn't mean you have to be a dictator or a communist or something. It's just raising your children with discipline. See, whenever you raise your kids, you know, with the whole lie that oh, we're just friends, I want to be their best friend, makes me gag when i hear that but it's just like you know what you are totally missing out on instilling in your child the importance of respecting other people i've noticed that whenever kids are raised in the environment that oh their parents just acted like a friend these kids they grow up and they don't respect authority whatsoever they do not respect their teachers they do not respect their bosses they have a very hard time working underneath anybody and i don't mean that they're like lower class i mean like they have a problem being subordinate to anybody why because they were not raised to understand how discipline works and how authority works everybody has a boss it's not a bad thing but it's one of those things that If you don't instill in your children discipline especially from a young age you are really taking a huge risk of them being screwed up adults. And I personally have seen that with the lack of chastity and purity in dating. I mean dating has become a hookup culture. Hooking up used to be rare. And then the more common it got the the more it was uh i would say over time it went from being uncommon to being oh just certain groups you know just only certain groups of people do that a certain lifestyle now it's like mainstream to be hooking up i remember back uh, in my 20s especially in college it was called friends with benefits 
And I was like, well, I'm not an insurance policy, so don't ever ask me for that again. Because what's the benefit? You have to ask, what is the benefit to the woman? The guy uses her body and then dumps her. And then brags to his friends, oh, I got another one. How many, you know, how many did you get this weekend? That's what it is. See, the hookup culture, it, it creates animalistic and encourages animalistic behavior in men. That's not what we need in our culture, much less in our society. We need men to be gentlemen. I mean, it used to be unheard of for guys to randomly ask women for sex. That used to only happen in prostitution. Now, it's mainstream. So then I have to ask, okay, what are people teaching their kids? How are teenagers being raised? Why is it these kids that go to college, they don't have a clue how to date, most of them. If anything college is viewed as a place to get laid, excuse my language. It's a place to sow your oats as they say. Well, well, you know, let me say this. If unless you're a farmer, You shouldn't really be using that phrase anyway. But it's just it's so degrading to the human race. Like I'll give an example before I move on to the scriptures. I remember in college, I was invited to a study group, you know, from one of my classes. And this guy was in charge of it. He was he was kind of a weasel, but I was like, well, You know, the the other people in our group will be there. I was totally wrong. He invited me because he wanted to have sex with me, but he lied about it. He said, "Oh, I'm having a study group. Can you come over? You know, other people will be there. You know, the rest of the people in our group will be there and we're going to go over XYZ information from class." I said, "Sure, that that'd be great." You know, because we do need to study for our test. So I get there and his apartment had pornographic posters everywhere. And he had his bedroom door open. He had a zebra print uh comforter and the most grotesque poses, sexual um nudity of women who obviously were porn stars, uh porn stars, excuse me, obviously had had a lot of work done on their body and they were just full nude. Like just it was so gross. I was like, what in the world? and i quickly realized he did not invite anybody else i should have confirmed it with the other members in our in our lab group or whatever our study group but i didn't because i just trusted this guy i was like i didn't expect him to lie like that and i thought he would know he doesn't have a chance with me whatsoever cuz i'm not sexually active and he's pretty ugly so anyway i ended up leaving pretty quick. I was like, um, this is not right and I'm not interested. Well, then he turned on me and he tried to get the other people in our group to turn on me as well. And I just flat out told the other people in our group, "Hey, um, he lied to me. He said that this is going to be a study group. He said that we were going to meet up at his place, so I believed him. I showed up and he just tried to get me in bed." I was like, "That's what happened." And it was so bizarre. who believed me and who did not it was so weird what's interesting is that the other guy in the group believed me but the other woman did not i guess she was jealous that this guy wanted to sleep with me and not her it was weird but you see that's the hookup culture and you see a lot of these guys they're not even honest about their intentions They totally use women like this and I'm just like, you know what? This gets so old. So needless to say, when I date, I just make it very clear from the beginning, we're dating. This is a date. This is not sex. I will never sleep with you. If you want to have sex with me, we have to get to know each other and get married. I'm not doing anything outside of wedlock. So if you're just here to get laid, excuse my language again, you need to go elsewhere. Or better yet, be pure, be a gentleman and don't degrade your body. But you know what? It's not very popular to say those things or hear those things.
but I say it anyway. Because I choose to stand up for what's right because I don't appreciate my body being viewed as as a piece of property to be used by somebody. But here's the thing, if more guys were taught from an early age that you do not treat women in a sexualistic manner like that, the majority of men would not behave that way. It's how they're raised and also it's how they choose to behave. Once they reach the age of 18, they are an adult. They are no longer a minor. Their decisions are now a direct reflection of them. Cuz I will say this, I'm speaking from, you know, the female point of view, of course. Nothing gives me a feeling of dread more than when I'm on a date with a really nice guy. At least I think he's a really nice guy. Things are going great, and then he makes the sex move on me or something or makes a sexualistic demand. But yet the date had been going really great. You think, "Oh, this is so nice. He's a gentleman." And then he totally shows his true colors. Like he was just using using the meal and or a movie as as a way to get me in his bedroom or try to convince me to do something in his car and I'm like no are you crazy it just it just feels like there's so many guys they they basically have to lie to get laid if you have to lie in any way shape or form maybe you should think about your intentions there You know, what is your uh, what's it called ulterior motive in, in regards to that? Cuz I'll be the first to say women do not appreciate being used like that. And you know what? Even more importantly, our heavenly Father doesn't appreciate women being used and abused like that because women were not made to be used for sex objects. Sex is part of marriage and it's part of life. But that doesn't give anyone permission to use it and abuse it. That's why chastity and purity is the equal responsibility of both men and women. Got any questions? Read the Bible. Start with Genesis. It might really help you. But moving on to today's verses, This is going to be Psalm 96 verses 1 through 3 and I'm reading from the NRSV version. It says, "O oh, sing to the Lord a new song, sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord, bless his name. Tell of his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous works among all the peoples." The first thing that got my attention about these verses is, "O oh, sing to the Lord a new song." It made me think of what song are we singing in our heart? I think one of the biggest mistakes that people make is they get stuck in a rut and they don't realize that they're just singing the same old song that's negative and it's not getting them anywhere. So we need to be careful what are we sowing in our heart? Is it good seed or is it bad seed? If it's bad seed, throw it out and plant some good seed. Goes on to say sing to the Lord all the earth. That tells me right there that all of the earth belongs to God because he created it and all of us are called to holiness it's not just the few it's all of us that's why it's important for us to value our lives because if we don't value our lives it makes it almost impossible to value anybody else's life goes on to say sing to the lord bless his name What this reminds me of is people that take the Lord's name in vain. I can't stand that. There are two television shows that are absolutely hilarious, but I can't watch them anymore because they keep using the Lord's name in vain. It just bothers me. And it's Family Guy and South Park. Both shows are extremely funny. Very clever. They don't need to use vulgarity of any kind to be successful, but they choose to do so. I think they need to repent of that. give their life to Christ and straighten up because when you use the Lord's name in vain that's a pretty serious offense and I personally wouldn't take that chance goes on to say tell of his salvation from day to day notice it says from day to day not week to week month to month or year to year 
We are supposed to be focusing on God from day to day. Now again, that doesn't mean be a crazy Bible Bible belt or Bible thumper and you just live in your bunker all day. Wherever we go from day to day is where we have the opportunity to let our light shine. You know, God calls us to let our light shine. He doesn't call us to be shadows. because you cannot embrace the ways of the world and be blessed much less be close to Jesus it just won't happen so take a leap of faith and let your light shine that that's a beautiful thing goes on to say declare his glory among the nations his marvelous works among all the peoples i love this whenever it says declare his glory among the nations that means all nations So all peoples regardless of skin color were were created by God. That includes whites and blacks. And I say this as someone that is white and I have been on the receiving end of reverse discrimination. So it's not just African Americans that get discriminated against. Racism can happen anywhere, anytime, any place. It's it's not just one single entity, it's not just one race. Um that's what makes it so hateful. That's what makes it so evil. It's really quite sad. Goes on to say his marvelous works among all the peoples. What I find interesting is is whenever churches, especially a really strict um strict churches within the Christian faith, they they try and make it seem like God doesn't perform any marvelous works anymore and they don't want people to believe in the goodness of God. I've heard them say, "Oh, that's just an Old Testament times or that's just when Jesus was on the earth." Well, both of those are lies straight out of the depths of hell. Because we know that God is good. God is faithful. God is a wonderful heavenly father. So being that God is good and he is a wonderful heavenly father, his marvelous works never cease. So miracles and marvelous things can happen any day and every day. But if you allow the enemy to convince you that God doesn't do miracles anymore, then you literally will not have anything hardly any good things happen in your life because of what you believe. Because whatever you sow in your heart is what is what your brain believes and it's also what comes out of your mouth. So if you think, "Oh, God doesn't do good works anymore. He doesn't raise the dead. He doesn't heal sick people." Then guess what? You're probably going to feel very lost and very screwed. Excuse my language. If you believe that God is a hateful God, then guess what? All you're going to see is hate. Because that's that's the lens that you are seeing the world, and that's what you're trying to convince other people to believe, but that's not what the word of God says. God's word is holy. It's not discouraging, it's holy. God performs marvelous works, not outdated works. God is not dead, he's very much alive. So I encourage you, find the marvelous works in your life. Write down all the blessings in your life, whether small, medium or large, write them down and give thanks to God for them. Because all of those blessings come from your heavenly Father. It doesn't come from the world. If anything, the world tries to convince us that oh you don't need god to you know to have a good life you know i will i will be bold and say i need god to have a good life i need him every day i just do because i know that whenever i am distant from god my life goes to hell really quick it's horrible whenever i'm distant from god So I do everything I can to draw closer and closer and closer every day every day. And I am not some super religious nut. I just believe in Jesus Christ and I just choose to walk by faith not by sight. You'll let me give an example about this and I'll close with this. If you walk by sight and not by faith, then more than likely you are someone that relies on the news all the time. You rely completely on the news to determine the outcome of your day, your week, your month, your year, your life. 
Because you think the news media knows it all and proclaims it all, but little do very many people know the media lies all the time. They take a truth and they spin it. Well, you know what's interesting is that God doesn't spin anything. He just preaches the truth. Why would you choose anything outside of God's truth? See, I hardly ever watch the news. Like I have a TV, but I don't have anything that connects me to like regular television. It's just a TV, it's connected to a DVD player, but that's it. I have no TV services whatsoever. I don't even watch the news when I go online because I'm like, you know what? If there's something I need to know, I will probably get a text message from somebody. And you know what? My life has gotten so much more peaceful now that I hardly watch any news. The only news that I take seriously and that I watch quite a bit is whenever there's a tornado going on in Oklahoma. Like for example, if the siren goes off and I need to know, okay, which way is this storm? You know, which way is the storm coming from and where is it headed? and you know, cuz that lets me know how much time i have to get to my tornado shelter and things of that nature but other than that i don't watch hardly any news whatsoever because it doesn't bring me much joy i mean we all have a choice and i choose joy i choose happiness i choose hope i choose faith i choose the goodness of god i look at it this way i can't afford to choose anything else except jesus i i can't afford i just can't afford to do that because to focus on anything outside of the goodness of God it just leads to destruction even if you don't realize it even if you don't think it will oh man be careful about that there are so many things that can lead us astray but God's holy word never leads us astray and that's what I love about God's holy word i may not be able to believe every little thing on television but i for sure can believe everything that comes out of the mouth of god i can believe his holy word and i know that it is true it is good it is wonderful and it will never entrap me it only frees me see cuz sin will always entrap you and deceive and deceive you but god's holy word will always free you and save you and that's one of the promises of god Focus on God's promises. Focus on God's promises because his promises are true. They are good. They are holy. And it just makes for a beautiful life. It truly does. I will go ahead and end this podcast but as usual until next time. I pray that you're happy, healthy and whole, that you have a wonderful day and a wonderful week. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Smallest steps waves transform the earth